Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are going to be talking about the essence of self-government. It sounds like a shampoo, but we're not (laughs) talking about (laughs) an elixir. (laughs) Yes, exactly. A a secret potion. No, we're not going to be talking about shampoos or potions or anything, but we are going to be talking about some a key principle vital principle actually that is part of self-government that i think many people don't recognize and when they recognize this principle we're going to be talking about page i think it's going to make a big difference to them i think think they're going to be like holy cow that is so true so um so excited to talk about that but before we do as is tradition here at the Teaching <laughs> Self-Government podcast, we are going to talk about a fun family activity. What do you have for us today, Paige? Well, seeing as we are recording this in the month of April, around this time, a lot of people do spring cleaning. Now, you and your kids may hear this and go, that is definitely not fun. So not fun. Um, and I know there were times when we did it where it was not fun for me either. However, there were times when we did big cleaning projects where it was a blast and it was so fun to just go around the house, clean things up. Um, it's because we scheduled or not scheduled, but like structured our time. That's, that's what I was looking for. Um, so we would maybe take a day and we'd say, okay, we're going to conquer this room in this room. And this is what we're going to get done. And once it's done, then we're going to have a big family game night and some treats And, you know, while we're cleaning, we're going to play some music and we're going to just have a total blast while we clean. And so, and I remember doing that and it was, it was so fun because then you forgot that you were actually doing work because, you know, young kids are just like, we want to just want to play. Well, okay. I'll tell you though, the reason why they say that the reason why they just want to play is because even mom and dad sometimes have a bad attitude about doing work Mm -hmm. and they, and they act like it's a bad thing. So if the mom and dad love the idea of working together to create family memories, the, the children will too. So we have to remember that our attitude has kind of a domino effect, or actually, I think we probably should say boomerang effect, you know, (laughs) with our children. So that's super important. Some of my most beautiful memories are doing work projects, cleaning and stuff with my family. My mother was like the spring cleaning queen. And we did not just spring clean in the spring. We spring cleaned like every season. (laughs) Okay. It was like always, cause she was constantly trying to just get a handle on the clutter and, and getting things organized and stuff. And so we were always spring cleaning and you know what happened because of that, because we were always spring cleaning is that my siblings and, and me, we loved to reorganize our rooms and it would just oh, yeah. be, we would have nothing to do on a Saturday and we'd look at our room and go, let's redecorate the room. And so we organize. (laughs) Yeah. So we'd pull everything out, clean it all, wash the walls and everything. Cause mom taught us how to do all that. 
And then we would put it all back and de-junk and organize, put the bed in a new place and the drawers in a new place and everything in a new place. And so it felt like a whole new room, you know? And, um, and so this was a thing that my mother taught me was a fun activity to do. It actually is really fun. (laughs) I know it is really fun. And so just reorganizing a room can be a blast to do, you know, yourself. So Anyway, I, I, uh, I feel like that kind of a thing, that type of a skill or, or making that type of an activity a fun activity is a really good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be spring. You can do it whenever you want. But just <laughs> Holiday <that> cleaning. Thing, <laughs> just yeah, a seasonal cleaning. I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, just cleaning. Just do your cleaning together and, and make it a fun thing. Okay, so today. We're talking about the essence of self-government. And and before we get to this great point that we're going to be making here, that I want to explain that we're going to be looking at this point through the lens of self-government. So Paige, how do you describe self-government to somebody who maybe doesn't know what it is? Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. That's right. So what that means is that a person examines themselves on a regular basis and they decide, I'm not going to do that stuff anymore. I'm not going to have that bad habit anymore. I'm not going to yell at the children. I'm not going to have an attitude problem and, and, cater to my thoughts of frustration or whatever it happens to be that's plaguing us. I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm going to give myself a no answer. And when I do it wrong, I'm going to correct myself. I'm going to acknowledge what happened. And then I'm going to do something better the next time. Um, I'm going to tell myself what should I do that is the right thing. And I'm going to keep myself going in the right direction. So there are components to this. And, and really it all starts with having a vision of who we even are Mm -hmm. and where we're going. So when a person is self-governing, they have a vision page. Um, Explain to us what is like the vision for a person look like maybe personally and and maybe even a family vision. What what does that look like? So for me personally, it looks like um, setting goals and making plans to achieve those goals. Because when you're taking the time to analyze yourself, it has to be for a reason. Because if you're going to analyze yourself and say, oh, yeah, I should probably fix that. But you have no reason to change, then there's not going to be much progress. And so the whole point for us to be self-governed is to achieve something or to reach a goal or to get somewhere. And so that's why, you know, as a family, you know, when we were young, you and dad made a family vision. It was a 20 year vision, uh, helping us to look ahead into the future. And that was where you made a specific moment in time, 20 years in the future. And you went so as specific as um, emotions, smells, uh, sights, you know, rooms in the house, stuff like that, um, discussion topics. And it was, it was very, very detailed, but it gave us a very clear idea of what we were shooting for and what feelings we wanted to have. And 
when that is present, it's a lot easier then to analyze yourself and say, okay, I know what I'm shooting for. I know what I want. And what I'm, is what I'm doing right now going to get me there? And if the answer is no, which, you know, a lot of times it is, then you have to take that time to change yourself and use your plans that you made to achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this vision, it, it helps you stay your course, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so personally, if you're going to set, if you're going to have a vision for yourself, I'm going to become this kind of a person. These are the qualities I'm going to have. And it helps you move in that direction and set the appropriate goals to get yourself there. It helps you do the analysis to get you there. Um, but as a family, you're going to set this vision of, you know, of who you're going to become as a family. And in the Teaching Self-Government Parenting course, we talk about the, the key components to setting up a great family vision and how to go about doing that. We're not going to go into all that here, but um, so a vision is an important part of self-government. It's, it's where am I headed and what's the point of all of this anyway, right? It gives everything, everything that reason why, why you should care, why you should change, why you should correct a problem, why the children need the why, you need the why. And it's because you're becoming a certain kind of family, a certain kind of a person as you're governing yourself. So that vision is so important to self-government. And, and I can't even emphasize that enough for you to be planning who you are becoming is so important. So then everything else points toward that. So then there's these skills that I teach and I'm, and I'm known for these skills all over. In fact, these are the things that people always want from me most. Oh, give me the skills. Give me the skills. <laughs> Crisis you know? management mode. Give me some. Yeah, exactly. We've got a problem. I need to fix <laughs> to the problem, you know, which is great. We have all of that for people, but today we're going to, going to help you understand, well, what is it that those things are really doing for somebody? Because it's deeper than you might think actually why these skills are so powerful. So the skills are following instructions, accepting no answers, accepting consequences, disagreeing appropriately, effective praising, proper pre-teaching. There's three different types of that instructional pre-teaching and then uh, situational pre-teaching and then preps. There's um, correcting negative behaviors, effective correcting, intensive teaching varied by different age group. There's parent counseling sessions. We have the different meetings that we have. Um, so, and then there's different ways to develop the, a person's problem solving abilities using the, the problem solving development exercises that we use. And the other key tone components, um, the, the skill process or the skill set for how to become calm um, when someone else isn't and how to help them get to calmness at the same time. You know, um, this process uh, key skills that people need. So to develop this type of environment where um, that spirit of love and, and patience and acceptance and trust and calmness can prevail so that the teaching can happen. So all of these things are part of self-government and in order to accomplish self-government or any of these things that I have just mentioned, it requires something. Paige, what does it require? requires sacrifice. It does. It requires the element of sacrifice. Sacrifice is the foundation 
uh, it's a, it's not the full foundation, but one of the foundations of self-government. It is the foundation of character for a person. So a person never fully matures unless they are willing to sacrifice. And you know that because you've met people, right? Like we meet people and we're like, they're older, they're, you know, adult age, but somehow they- They're still mentally stuck in high school. Yeah, they are really entitled. They're really selfish. They are not mature. Mm-hmm. They're, they don't have good priorities, it doesn't seem like. And we just know there's a big piece of their maturity that's missing. And if you really looked into it deeply, you would recognize that person doesn't do anything for anybody else or very rarely does. And if they do, they probably complain about it. Like, oh, I added this for my child and whatever. Yeah, so or giving up anything to better themselves. Yeah, they don't sacrifice. They don't feel like they have to. They, they don't see the value in it. In fact, they may even consider sacrifice a very negative thing. Mm-hmm. I think in our society today, that's super common. I think we don't feel like anybody should ever do without anything, um, including ourselves. <laughs> so yeah. We should be able to have anything we want <laughs> at any given minute. And that we should um, always just be able to have whatever feels good to us. Okay. So this Mm -hmm. is a, this is a human condition. It's a called a sensualness that we are obsessed with our senses. And so we are living um, the senses lifestyle, the body lifestyle where everything is just motivated by how we feel all of the time. And that puts us in a position of becoming very selfish. That doesn't mean we don't pay attention to our feelings or recognize that we have them. And sometimes we pay too much attention to our feelings. Exactly. But see, that's (laughs) the point is that sometimes it's like they take over Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes other things like taste take over. I mean, think of the person that, uh, can't stick to a diet you know the person that can't stick to a diet is not willing to sacrifice key things like uh sugar (laughs) you know processed foods yeah that kind of stuff they don't want to sacrifice it and so when you are going to go for a health goal you've got to give up something don't you Mm -hmm. you might even have to give up convenience Cause there's not going to be the convenience foods aren't going to be there as readily. You might have to put things together for yourself. Um, well, what about exercise? You got to give up the time. You got to get maybe certain equipment even to do it. Some people have to sacrifice money for the gym or whatever. Now, now the money sacrifice is actually the easiest one. It's true. Because sacrifice money all the time. I was just saying money, like, it's easy to throw money at something because that doesn't require any emotional involvement. I mean, sometimes it does if you're low on cash, but um, to throw money at something and hope it works out is probably one of the most common ways people try and deal with problems. Well, and actually a really common thing is they throw money at something. Like you said, they throw money. I'm going to get this book. And then they didn't read the book and they're like, it doesn't work. Like, well, wait a minute. It's like you paid for it, but did you actually open it? Like, like, you read like two chapters and you weren't impressed after two chapters, and now you're making this declaration, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so 
And so people constantly are doing that. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get that course, but then they don't actually follow through with the course. They don't do any of the mentoring that comes with the course. They, you know, whatever it is. And then they're like, how come I didn't get the results I wanted? And, then, <laughs> and so then there's this. Because you didn't put in the sacrifice and effort that was needed. <laughs> yes. Yes. So important. So um, I, the, years ago, I made... Um, before I even had the book, Parenting a House United, which is the one I'm the most known for. Um, before that book, before the course, before other things, I actually made an audio seminar set. Mm-hmm. And in this audio seminar set, there was a class and it was like the last class in the set, kind of like a bonus class, actually. I mean, it wasn't bonus, it was good, but like not required to learn self-government. Right. Anyway, and this, um, this bonus class was all about character, developing children who have character. And one of the key components that I touch on in there is sacrifice, how important it is to teach children to sacrifice in order to develop character. Because like I mentioned, it's a maturing thing. Mm -hmm. Well, that comes in forms of like teaching them delayed gratification um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, sharing something with a sibling or, hey, you know, we're going to go do this service project. So no, you can't go play with friends, you know, giving them no answers and helping them to accept those no answers, sacrificing those small things so that they can then later have the courage and the skills they need to sacrifice the bigger things for the greater good. Yeah, I love it. I love that you're bringing up delayed gratification. Super important. I mean, that's what delayed gratification is. If a person has the, the, um, principle and follows the principle of delayed gratification and what that means is that they don't have to have everything right then right they can work toward it they can sacrifice now for a benefit potentially down the road maybe even not knowing when that benefit will actually happen I love that you know there's other sacrifices too that people don't think of lots of times we think of sacrifice in terms of no answers like no you can't go to a friend's house or no you can't buy that new car you want or whatever it is. But, um, but actually there's other sacrifices too. Like you need to eat your broccoli. Sacrificing your disgust of broccoli so that you're healthy. (laughs) Well, yeah. Or like, like the taste you want, you know, you might want a certain taste and then, but you need to eat this other one. I saw the most I'm going to say comical, but like disturbing video. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. It was disturbing, but it was like, I'm like, I bet you there's so many people that identify that. And I just laugh. So I love broccoli, like love, love it. I grow it. It's like one of my favorites because my mom always served me broccoli. So I love it. But, um, but this lady on Facebook, I don't even know it. I mean, this thing had like, I don't know, 16 million, you know, views or whatever. And, and maybe it's really old and I'm just now seeing it, but I, I saw it the other day. Uh, this, so this lady's got in one hand, an Oreo cookie and in another hand, a, a thing of broccoli. Okay. <laughs> and so what she does is she takes a big bite of the broccoli And then as she's chewing, she like puts the Oreo cookie up to her nose and she's like (laughs) sniffing it. She's like, (sighs) she's she's sniffing this thing. So she's smelling the Oreo cookie while eating the broccoli. Probably getting crumbs up her nose. Uh, Anyway, of the Oreo cookie. I was like, oh, that seems like brain painful. But anyway. She's sniffing this thing and then she eats the broccoli and then she takes another bite and then she sniffs and she takes another <laughs> bite and then she sniffs till she eats the whole little tree of broccoli. Like it's just, it was like in one little tree. Anyway, and I, 
and I was dying. I mean, I'm sure that's the whole point. Her face when she was doing it was incredibly comical. But I thought to myself, okay, she is trying to tell herself, this is not broccoli. This is okay. <laughs> Smell the Oreo cookie. Eat the broccoli. Smell the Oreo Anyway, I just thought it was so funny, but I'm like, bless her heart for sacrificing her indulgence for the cookie. Because maybe well, she, she indulged herself by smelling it. She smelled it. Yeah. And she probably got a few calories up her nose, but she didn't <laughs> eat it as far as I know. And after touching your nose that many times, I don't know if you'd want to eat it. Oh my but goodness. anyway, she, as far as I know, she didn't eat it, but she did um, eat the broccoli. and So that was her step-by-step process. I Honestly, I, I wouldn't do that. I would just eat it. I just, I'm the kind of person that would just tell myself, just eat this, learn to like it. You can do it. You can learn to like it, eat it more times. Uh, Many people have eaten this and it doesn't kill them. In fact, it's good for them. So go ahead. Right. So I know I would always tell my children, it takes 16 times. You have to try something. You have to eat something 16 times, lots of times before you like it. Yeah. We hated that rule, (laughs) but you know what, then you just keep eating it and keep eating it. You're like, you're right. It's fine. It's tolerable. I can eat this. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Anyway. um, Okay. So there is a, there is a power in this sacrifice. Now there's a story in that, um, in that presentation on character, I share a little story uh, about sacrifice and I talk about the little house on the prairie books I don't know if you've read those by Laura Ingalls Wilde they're great books um, true books which is so fun I love biography that comes alive in such a way as she did it for children but in this uh, story in the second book which is the one actually called little house on the prairie Laura and her sister Mary are out on the prairie with their father and they find an old settlement a Native American settlement and that they've the native american tribe that was there had moved on they weren't there anymore but they found these little beads tiny little beads uh that from yeah yeah, from the handicraft work maybe that they did or something and um and they were so excited and they gathered them all up very very carefully and then they took them home to their mommy they took them home to show what they had found. And they were so excited what they were going to do with these little beautiful beads. Because, of course, they live in an area where there's no store. There's no... Yeah, no jewelry, no pretty things. Nothing. Yeah. So anyway, they take them home and they're so excited. And they show their mother and their mother's like, oh, that's so beautiful. And, you know, this is so great. We can make a little necklace for baby Carrie. They're like, what? And Mary and Laura are kind of like, because you know, the whole day they're dreaming about what they're going to make for themselves, Mm -hmm. probably how they're going to divide them up, probably, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they're talking about it and dreaming about it. But instead, mom says, and now you can sacrifice those to the baby who didn't do any of the work to collect them, you know, like, what? (laughs) What? Sounds like motherhood. (laughs) Well, I just thought, what a wise woman that is, you know, for them to find something so precious to them and for her to go this is the best time to teach them to sacrifice Mm -hmm. this is the best time to teach them life isn't about the pretty things right now they can have pretty things later but this is the time and and I was like oh what a wise person you know a lot of parents nowadays would be like those are Laura's do not touch them Mm -hmm. those are her special things she collected them they belong to her but not there's a time and a place for that like there's obviously respecting other people's things but 
there's also a time where you share those things. Well, yeah, but I think that sometimes as parents, we almost give too much of an emphasis on that's yours, that's yours, that's yours, Mm -hmm. that's mine, that's mine. Where really, in reality, as parents, aren't we like sacrificing everything? I mean, we, we are sacrificing everything in the fridge, the whole house. Well, we sacrificed from the very, very beginning. Like me right now, I'm pregnant. And so I'm sacrificing a lot of times my own comfort. You know, my body is changing as the baby grows. And so I'm sacrificing my body nutrients to help the baby grow. I'm sacrificing my personal comfort, which something I very much value and (laughs) um, sacrificing time where, you know, maybe I was eating foods that wouldn't be helpful in a, in, for a baby, you know, so, and I have to eat different foods that require more time on my part to prepare and to, you know, seek out and purchase. And so it's from the very beginning, children require sacrifice from parents. Oh yeah. The the sleepless nights, everything. Well, here's the thing though, that sacrifice bonds us to the child. Mm Mm-hmm. And bonds the child to us. Maybe that's why the adoption process is so long and arduous. Well, yeah, there's a thought. I don't know. You know, I I don't know. But there's sacrifice there, right? To wait Mm -hmm. and to wait to that delayed gratification, to wait for a child if you're not able to have one, you know, of your own, or there's a certain one you know you're supposed to adopt or or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, In everything we do, there's a sacrifice. And I think we have to ask ourselves, what can we give up? You know, who are we supposed to be? What are we supposed to do? Now, some people might use the term want. What do you want to be? What do you want Mm -hmm. to do? Well, then the next question is, well, what are you willing to give up? Yeah. If I want banana bread, then I've got to give up the bananas. I can't eat them for something else. (laughs) I got to put them in the bread. If I want, and I've got to give up the time to make it, right? If If I want my children to have good character and good self-government, then I've got to give up the time to teach those things to them. I've got to teach them the skills they need for success. I've got to be consistent in my corrections and stuff mm-hmm. all the time. I have to give it up. If, I, if there's a habit I don't want in myself, I've got to give it up. And this is a principle that is like an eternal principle. This is a forever principle. Yeah. Okay. So when you're, when we're talking religiously, okay, people do things religiously. There's a whole time called Lent. What do people do during the time of Lent? If they're Catholic, they give up stuff during Lent each day. They give up different things. People fast. Okay. During many different Christians faiths will fast, which means they'll not eat sometimes even not eat or drink for certain periods of time. I was raised fasting um, for 24 hours, one day a month. My parents taught me to do that. And it was to give up those things for God, right? So many faiths give up on purpose. And this is a similitude in a Christian faith. This is a similitude of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ sacrificed everything, right? For us. So that's a, it's, and the thing is, is that bonds, you know, it, it helps us connect. Yeah. Cause I'm a Christian. So yeah. Yeah. But that bonds me to him and he bonds to me. So there's this massive strength that comes from this, this sacrifice, this incredible bond. And like you're mentioning Paige, when a person is pregnant, they're sacrificing from the very beginning. 
Mm-hmm. And so the bond to that child is like, there's not anything you wouldn't do and anything that you wouldn't sacrifice. But then, you know, what happens later, we, we get going and there's these little nuances in the world, like, well, you <laughs> deserve a break and you deserve this and, and you deserve that. And, and, and all of a sudden we start thinking maybe our sacrifice is hurting ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we start over-focusing on, on our sacrifice, hurting us when really sacrificing helps us. Now we can always say there's the person who's gone way too far, right? Where they have literally, you know, run themselves into the ground and they didn't take care of themselves. I mean, we've always seen, you know, you, you can always find an example. Of yeah. But then who, there's like, that brings to mind a story from the Bible and um, that talks about, you know, how all these wealthy men, they're dropping by the tithing box of the church and they're, you know, dropping in these bags full of coins. And the widow, or there's a widow that comes by and she has two mites is what they called them. And um, Jesus was there watching and she dropped in her two mites. And he knew that was everything that she, she had. And he's, yeah. he told his disciples, he's like, you know what? That lady paid way more spiritually than those Pharisees and those rich men will ever pay. Yeah. See, that's the thing is that the sacrifice always is about the heart. So can Mm -hmm. we always give more? A friend of mine said to me uh, when I was talking about this with her, she said, you know, sometimes I find myself happy in sacrifice. And then sometimes I find myself going, haven't I given too much? Aren't they taking advantage of me? Mm -hmm. And, and the answer is, yeah, they might be. They might be taking advantage of you, but is it your call? Is that something you have to worry about? Is, is that your biggest concern? No, because your biggest concern is your condition of heart, right? Can you keep giving? Can you keep loving? Even if they happen to be taking advantage and maybe they're not, maybe you're just assuming that because it's starting to feel like a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice is work. In fact, everything you do to sacrifice requires effort. Yeah, no, it's true. In fact, a while ago, before I was married, uh, I was given a significant leadership position within our church. And, um, you know, the first little while that I was there, I'm like, you know what, this is awesome. So I put in, you know, hours of work each week and things were thriving. I was able to serve people that I loved and got to know more people. But as time went on, you know, I kind of dropped the ball on it. And I realized I'm like, you know, this doesn't feel the same because I'm not, Ah. I'm not putting in the work. I'm just going through the motions at this point. And I'm, my heart isn't in it. And so, and I feel like the people that I was serving actually suffered a little bit because I wasn't as diligent in giving my whole heart to my purpose in that position. Yeah, that's a really good example because you, you became complacent, right? Mm-hmm. And your priorities shifted. Yeah. So a, this could happen in parenting. This could absolutely happen in parenting where- Oh, it so, does all the time. We yeah, see where, parents who are exhausted. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the thing is, is, I mean, exhausted, that can happen for various different reasons, right? Well, yeah. But, um, but when a person like is- is not giving their all it actually wears them out even more to be surrounded by their responsibility yep i like to tell people it takes more work to be lazy (laughs) sometimes it does (laughs) it 
it's, it's actually true. And because, and then the cleanup work afterward is really hard. But when you're a parent, if you become complacent in it, if you're like, okay, did we get to the food? Check, 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 check. And we're just doing the check, 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 check. We are actually missing some key parts of that parenting that are really going to touch the hearts of the children and touch the hearts of the family, which is really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And so a wise parent says, okay, I'm constantly going to keep myself at that, at that level where we're touching hearts, where we're connecting, where we're fixing and working on things. And if I feel myself getting complacent, I'm going to bring myself back. Yeah. That's called self-government. Now I want to share with you the power in, in learning self-government, the power of sacrifice that is in this. So we talked about the vision, okay? In order to have the vision, you have to sacrifice for it. You sacrifice just to make it. And then every day, so in our family, we have 20 year vision every day for 20 years, every day, we're gonna be sacrificing to become that type of family. Mm-hmm. It keeps us focused on sacrifice and that sacrifice is good. The opposite of sacrifice is usually entitlement, okay? And selfishness and disconnection. So the other parts in there though, in order to accept a no answer and drop the subject and stuff, you gotta sacrifice, you gotta decide to let it go. In order to keep a calm face, voice, and body when somebody else isn't, you gotta, you gotta sacrifice. To accept consequences that you've earned, natural or synthetic, you've got to sacrifice. The meetings that we have to set things up, sacrifice. Pre-teaching everything ahead of time, sacrifice. All the different corrections, teaching the problem solving, sacrifice. It's all sacrifice. But the family learns that when we sacrifice a little bit like this for each other, then we clearly identify the family as our top priority. When a person is not willing to sacrifice for their marriage or for their family or something like that, then they are saying they have a different priority. And you know what that priority usually is, is self. That they have a higher allegiance to self than they do to the family. Mm-hmm. or to goodness or you know a higher a higher good a higher moral than than just themselves and this happens all the time when children don't care about helping out at home we constantly say well that's entitlement they're being entitled absolutely they're being entitled um but they're saying their top priority is themselves yeah well the thing with entitlement and sacrifice both are easily taught by parents Um, most of it through example. So I know when I was growing up, we didn't necessarily have a lot of money. However, we always tried to help other people out, whether it was monetary or through service. Um, I remember there was one Christmas time where even though we didn't have much, we put a jar together, a mason jar full of coins and bills, and we left it as a gift for friends. And because they were struggling. I mean, you know, we weren't necessarily feeling very cushy you know where we were with money but we knew that we had enough to satisfy our needs and we could use a little extra to help someone else who was even more in need than we were and that was one example that I really learned okay it's totally fine to sacrifice you know if your needs are met even if they're not all the way met like helping other people is going to help you more than 
if you try and help yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, well, and that was something dad and I feel very passionate about. Dad and I both love to serve other people mm-hmm. and we feel like it is good for character development and for sacrifice. And that was a, a component of our family. We always wanted to see us giving, even if we didn't have a ton ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so we did work on that. That was important. And that's because sac- sacrifice, the, the law of sacrifice, you could even say, because it's a law. It's like one of those natural laws. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you are sacrificing, do you know you have more happiness, more joy, more connection? to other people you um have your priorities more in alignment (laughs) there's just so many things when you are sacrificing that um that give to you as well as to other people but it's it's truth whenever you're sacrificing you're living the truth the truth is that your life isn't about you right your life is actually about something far greater than yourself and you need to have an allegiance there then your life will be powerful and joyful that that's really um the truth and when we're sacrificing we're saying i'm doing all of this and loving it that's the other part about sacrifice Mm -hmm. is the heart the willing heart that's part of it if you sacrifice but you whine about it afterwards you complain it's begrudging i have to get up every night the child blah (laughs) if you're complaining if then it's not a sacrifice no then it's a drudgery Mm -hmm. then you have been mistreated because that's how you processed it now you are a martyr (laughs) <laughs> to your situation of, yeah instead of giving a willing sacrifice which and is totally always, giving different. a willing sacrifice is always much more satisfying and fulfilling than going through life whining and with a grudge oh yeah it absolutely is in fact that's the thing now i hope there's some wheels turning i hope people are thinking things like who, who am i supposed to be who am i really who can you i know, reach or, out or, to help yeah, what do, what do I want in this life, really? Um, what, do I, what am I supposed to give? What am I supposed to do? And then, okay, how can I sacrifice to get it? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you even say, okay, so I say, I say, okay, I know I'm supposed to help people with their family relationships um, and, and help them with their parenting and their leadership and stuff like that. Okay, that's me. That's who I'm supposed to be. Then, and, and do you know that that whole thing in itself is, ex, is a sacrifice? Just the whole mindset is what can I give, right? And then I say, well, in order to give that, what can I sacrifice? In yeah. order to give that to people, what will I sacrifice? I'm willing to sacrifice my time. I'm willing to sacrifice my talents, my energy. I'm willing to help my family completely sacrifice family time, family trips. How many trips do we go on that are revolved around some conference or speaking thing? <laughs> so Tons. many. Yeah, it's just like, that's but what it's we family do. family time. <laughs> that's what we do, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm willing. And my husband sacrifices. Uh, he has to say goodbye to me sometimes for a couple of days at a time when I go sometimes speak somewhere. Weeks. Yeah, well, if it's a couple of weeks, he's coming with me. But yeah, if, <laughs> anyway. But um, but yeah, for for different things that I have to do, he has to. I have to go have this meeting at a time when he would rather, you know, watch a TV show or something. Well, mm-hmm. uh, he has to sacrifice. We all sacrifice just so that I can give. 
And maybe that seems like what to serve you sacrifice. Yeah. Anything that you're supposed to do, anything that's worthwhile is always going to require sacrifice. So when you're a parent, if you want to be a really good parent, you've got to sacrifice. What are you willing to give up? Can you give up your own attitude problem? Can you give up your complaining? Can you give up your inconsistency and try to gain consistency? The answer is yes. We can all give up all of these things. We can. We can decide to align our actions with our true priorities. Mm -hmm. We can. We just have to take the steps to do it. We won't be perfect every day. No. But when you sacrifice, that means you correct yourself again and again. That's what you do. And that's the process of self-government. Yeah. And I've actually learned a lot about sacrifice lately from Joseph, actually. So it's, it's been interesting to watch our relationship grow and change, even just since being married, not even a whole year yet. And um, when we first got married, you know, we were both trying to figure out how to put two lives into one and how to figure, you know, all that stuff out, just like newlyweds do. And um, there were times where I felt like I was doing pretty much everything around the apartment, you know, all the cleaning, the cooking, stuff like that. And, um, you know, Joseph would go to work and then come home and just kind of do his own thing. And, um, but now, you know, it's gotten to the point where he's, you know, he's out doing the dishes right now, even as we talk and he comes home from work and, you know, usually he'll go straight to the dishes because, um, I've told him that's my least favorite chore and he's just kind of stepped up and <laughs> taking control of it. But um, even like, as we've been starting our family and my body's been going through changes, he's been much more intuitive and uh, he sacrifices his time and his, uh, his things that he enjoys to make sure that I'm okay and that I'm comfortable. And he sacrifices um, his, his time to do things that, he knows would make me happy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've been able to recognize in the past month or so that I've been really impressed with. And it's really showed me, oh, okay, here's some more things that I need to sacrifice in order to help make him happy. And mm-hmm. it's it's been really wonderful self-analyzation time because, you know, at first I felt taken advantage of you know, and ah, I'm like, but you weren't sacrificing. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, why is he not helping? You know, I am, I do all the cooking. You're like the- in a competition in your head. Yeah, you weren't sacrificing. No, I'm like, okay, why am I more mature than him? <laughs> you know, why you do weren't. I have so many more yeah. life skills? And the real thing was, okay, yeah, maybe he had some skills to learn, but I wasn't reaching out to him and sacrificing my time to help him feel loved. And to help him learn those skills. And now that I'm actually, you know, seeing that I'm able to say, okay, well, let's take some time away from this and let's work together on this, honey. Here, I'll help you with the dishes. Oh yeah. That dish goes over there, not over there. Okay. You know, and so I take the time to instruct him and to be there and do it with him instead of doing my own thing, because that's what it's about. It's It's not about about competing. No. Yeah. And that's what I've come to learn, you know, just those lessons you learn over time that you're the person you married is your equal partner. And yes, you each have strengths and weaknesses that complement each other, but you shouldn't hold your strengths over their weaknesses. 
So true. Yeah, that, that is so true. And what, what you're really talking about here is love. And mm-hmm. when you allow yourself to focus on love, then you will sacrifice, right? Yep. Um, sometimes it's a sacrifice to do the corrections. Remember that though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes we love our children so much, we don't want to ever correct them. And that, that's what we think we sacrifice. No, because of our role, um, we, we do need to correct them. So in a husband and wife situation, the roles are a little different with husband mm-hmm. and wife than it is with parent <laughs> child, right? So the parent child relationship is, is explicitly, it's understood. Parent is teacher, child is learner. Mm-hmm. That's how it's supposed to happen with the roles. And so the parent has to sacrifice to, to accomplish that role and to teach that child what they need to. So important. Paige, we could talk about sacrifice, which is truly the essence of (laughs) self-government. We could talk about that literally for hours, but I think we have given it a good shake so far. I really appreciate everybody joining us here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast for this discussion on the essence of self-government, which is sacrifice. And I hope that you will find more we are just touching the tip, tip, tip of the iceberg with every time we do these podcasts. Um, I don't even get into all of the self-government training, which I have a voluminous <laughs> amount of all the skills, all the everything and, and how to make it all work and, and fix those problems. And that you can find at teachingselfgovernment.com on the, on the Teaching Self-Government Parenting course um, and in other resources there. So be sure to take a look at those things and we will talk to you again next time on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.